This is Beers and Buckets, a podcast for degenerates like us who drink beer and watch basketball. We are the only college basketball podcast that reviews beer and the only beer review podcast that talks college basketball. So grab a beer, throw on a game, and hang with us. All right, episode 14 of Beers and Buckets. Special episode, like always, I'm joined by Dow, but I'm also joined by Dylan Smith of the tortillas and takes podcast so dylan how you how you doing man doing well thanks for thanks for having me on the podcast um to be totally honest i hadn't heard of you guys when you reached out and i listened to a few episodes i was like okay these are guys i could talk basketball (laughs) with and you throw beer into the equation and i was i was in it was a very easy yes for me to come on this podcast That seems like a common occurrence with our podcast for sure i mean we're definitely a new podcast but uh when when people hear beer their ears perk up a little bit and it's pretty exciting so we, uh, I think your co-host is the one that we kind of interacted with on social media after, I think it was a big tech upset over maybe Kansas, or I can't remember when it was, but there was, it was a big, it was a big game and we were interacting forth, you know, it's like, I'm going to DM them, see if they want to come on the podcast. So, uh, yeah, so we'll talk with speaking of upsets. We had a lot this past week. I mean, there was a lot the, the first half of the week was loaded with upsets Saturday kind of fizzled. I thought there would be, you know, that Oklahoma would get Kansas at Kansas. And then it looked like, uh, who else was it? Almost got upset. Villanova almost got upset. Uh, so it was a couple of good games, but overall, what, I mean, what'd you guys see? Did you, anything that really surprised you? I, I for one will say that Michigan over Purdue surprised the heck out of me. I thought the, uh, Houston Memphis game was surprising. Uh, Memphis finally getting it together. You know, they, they've had all the talent, plenty of excuses yeah. you've heard from Penny Hardaway, but they finally put that talent to use and, and got Houston. So that was surprising. Yeah, that, to me. that was a, that was a big upset as well. What about you, Dan? Yeah, especially because, especially because Houston was just kind of like coast to a one seed. All mm-hmm. they had to do was win out. Even like maybe they could drop one game, but then they went and lost to SMU and then Memphis back to back. And it's just now I don't even know if they're going to make a one seed because that conference normally is pretty good. That legitimately might be a one bid conference this year, like just the auto bid and that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, Memphis, I mean, it's funny. They got beat by Alabama earlier in the year. And like those two teams have been two of the most mercurial teams in all of college basketball where you can get the good version of them and they can beat anyone and then you can get the bad version of them and they can lose to Iona or someone that is very bad. Yeah, it's weird, but also like I'm not going to like sit here and defend Houston. I'm not the biggest Houston fan, but they uh they've been plagued with injuries this year. It seemed like you know, they get a player back and then somebody else would go down. So, uh kind of sucks to see that, but I got a question for you guys. Do you guys remember the 2013-2014 Kentucky team that was like the Fab Five, like the best class since Fab Five, right? Um, so Randall, James Young, uh, the Harrison Twins, you know, like that that team. Is Memphis making that like a, a light version of that? Like is it a diet version of that team right now? Because there was a lot of expectations for this Memphis team coming in just like that Kentucky team, and it didn't gel at first, but they are finding their stride late, right? So there is one glaring week, er, difference, and yeah. that is John Calipari was the coach of that team, and Penny Hardaway was the coach of this yeah. team. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's why I said like a diet version, <laughs> you know, not like not the best version. I mean, did that team have 16 different starting lineups at this point in the season? No. Probably not. The Kentucky one I'm mentioning. No, yeah. no, no. It's been pretty if, wild. If we're, if we're going to go diet, it's like whenever you get diet 
uh, like Dr. Pepper, and then someone's like, oh, I brought Dr. Pepper too, and they have Mr. The... Thunder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's not even the like the slightly knockoff; it's the full knockoff. Yeah, brand, yeah. So yeah. it's like it's like the the grocery store's brand of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then go ahead and add brand. diet, so it's diet Mr. Thunder versus like regular Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's preview a couple of these Texas Tech games since we have a Texas Tech podcast host on this podcast episode as a guest. So what, there's a couple of games this week for Tech. They have um, Tuesday is at home versus Baylor, and then Saturday on the road versus Texas. What what are we what should we expect to see from this Tech team after a really weird week for them? Yeah, well, you mentioned a really weird week for us, so. We lose to Oklahoma uh, that, that kind of raised some red flags for a lot of Texas Tech fans. We lose to Oklahoma. They, they had a guy put up 30 points on us. They shot like 45% from three, and it exposed one of our weaknesses, which is from behind yeah. the arc. If a team gets hot from behind the Thunder arc, defense, yeah. we can we could lose a basketball yeah. game. But then, then we flash forward to the TCU game, which happened a uh, day before we're recording this podcast, in which the second half, we absolutely dominated TCU. I think we went on like a 43-16 to 16 run in the second half of that game. So it, it's curi- we'll, we'll be curious to see which team we're going to get when we play Baylor. And then we have to factor in that we lost uh, Kevin McCuller. Yeah. He, he hurt himself in the TCU game. He actually stepped on Jamie Dixon's shoe um, and hurt his foot. Luckily, they said it's not a serious injury, but we'll see if he's ready to go yeah. on on Tuesday or Wednesday. And so, yeah, I mean, it's been it's it was a weird week for them. Baylor, uh, they looked incredible the last week or so. Kind of like it's it's almost like you know who's going to bend first in this on Tuesday night. Um, so we're gonna we. We were going to give our predictions in the throwdown games, but we could go ahead and predict these two games now since we're talking about them. What are, what do you expect to see from uh, Tech in, at home versus Baylor? Like, how do you expect that game to go? I expect it to go a lot like the first matchup between Texas Tech and Baylor. Um, for those who don't know, Texas Tech won in Baylor um, against that the number one team in the country yeah. at the time, uh, sixty-five to sixty-two. It's a really hard-fought game. Baylor plays the exact same style of defense Texas yeah. Tech does. Um, and offense almost. And we just happen to get them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, they, they copied yeah. our defense. Uh, <laughs> but Mark Adams has admitted that they do it better than we do sometimes. So I think it's going to be a really, uh, a really close game. I expect Texas Tech to, to shut down. We do a good job of taking away your number one option. And, um, LJ Cryer was typically that number one option for Baylor. He only had 10 points uh, against us in our previous matchup. So I, I think injuries are something to watch for as well here. Uh, Baylor lost Jonathan Chamwa Chachua for yeah. the season, uh, I think. And then obviously Kevin McCuller may or may not play in this game as well. So uh, it, injuries will be, will be a, a big factor in this game, but I think the biggest factor is going to be this is at home in Lubbock in front of a, a whiteout crowd. That's it's already yeah. sold out. The game's yeah. sold out. So yeah, Lubbock, Lubbock is easily becoming one of my, like it's, it's definitely on my short list of arenas to visit for a basketball game against like a conference rival or something like that, because it, they get up for big games. I mean, I remember in 2019 when they played 2019, 2020, that season when Kentucky came to town, it was it was awesome, and I was like that that crowd gets it. Even though 
they really struggle with the rhythm and swag surfing. It still looks fun. <laughs> yeah. I still want to be a hey, part of it. <laughs> our podcast, so we actually had Red Raider Riot on our podcast, and they're like the student yeah. section, the Cameron Crazies for Texas Tech. And uh, we told them, hey, you have to build. Yeah, yeah surf, I was listening right? to that. It has to start slow, <laughs> and then you have to build this momentum. And so we're working yeah, on it. No, we're it, it looks it. incredibly but fun. Once it's up and going, it looks yeah, awesome. Oh, yeah, it looks incredibly fun. Looks great. Sounds great. Just all around awesome atmosphere. I want to experience that for sure. But, yeah, what do you think, Dal? What do you, what do you expect to see I, from Tech versus Baylor? I... Uh... I think the first thing that I want to hear is who's the guy that is out for Baylor again? Uh, well, I don't know if LJ Cryer is going to play. He didn't play in their last game. And then um, Jonathan Chamwa Chachua That's, is the one who hurt himself that is in the a, previous game. That is an incredible pronunciation for a name that I would probably not even go near. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm getting it right, by the way. So okay. don't hold you me to it. If you aren't, it, so I'm going to go with you. Exactly. Yeah, I was going with it. <laughs> that's that's the trick, guys. <laughs> Say it with confidence. That's right. No, I, I mean, it's it's really cool to look at these two teams' Kimpom pages and see, like you said, I mean, the they're very similar. Some things Baylor does better than, than Texas Tech. Some things Texas Tech does better. Um, they're both kind of that – like positionless, not, I mean, like sort of positionless team where no real, I mean, well, Marcus Santos Silva and Bryson Williams are the, like the two tallest people that Texas Tech plays at six, seven, six, eight. Baylor, Matthew Mayer, I guess, is like really their, their tallest guy that plays a ton of minutes yeah. um, at six, the nine. Moment. So it's just like exactly the, the guy that my mom mistake. <laughs> mistaken uh for damien williams who i said was the best defender in the country she's like oh the white guy no not her seems racially uh, motivated but, by your mom I'm just kidding. Dang, you know, <laughs> she's gonna enjoy hearing this she actually listens so she's gonna hear this and i'm gonna get some i'm gonna get a text uh that'll be good but no i it, i mean i think of if you're if you're looking for two teams that are gonna be like all for it on the defensive end um this is definitely the way to go. I mean, yeah, you said it's 65, 62 last, last time. I think this, there's, I don't see any way this game really gets into the seventies on either side. Um, yeah. And excited to see the, the scene in Lubbock after, after how crazy it was. Oh, a couple of the shenanigans aside for the Texas game uh, to see that. I'm sure it'll be a, a similar atmosphere on, on Wednesday. Yeah, I think like Dow's hashtag gritty and grind, I think it's going to be a grinded out kind of game. It's going to be gritty. It's going to be a rock fight. But, I mean, both of these teams, you've seen their offense look great. You've seen their offense look stagnant and stale. So I think it's the, the first one to bend, you know, is the first you know the first person to get hot will win. I think it's the first team to get hot will win. So, you know. Momentum's good. Momentum shifts are going to be far, uh, few and far between, just because it's both teams kind of struggle to get points sometimes. So, should be fun though, and, and you enjoy it. I think you know, moving on to Saturday on the road versus Texas. I don't care. This Texas Tech team is just better than Texas in almost every facet, in my opinion. So, I got to go with Texas on Saturday. What do you guys think of that game? I, I'm surprised. Uh, Texas Tech fans love to hear that we are physically superior to Texas because. All off season, we heard this is this Texas team is so yeah. talented. They've brought on the best transfers in the market, and they're going to dominate the Big Twelve. So, just hearing that's music to my ears. <laughs> no, we. Uh, I've never been a huge Chris Beard fan. I think there's a lot of Kentucky fans that will 
say that he's on the short list of people to replace Cal when Cal retires. And I just never saw anything of it. I was, he just (laughs) never saw like an appeal in that because I just, I don't like, I haven't seen him just do anything better than uh, other people in the country. So, so when he got the transfer thing, I know he he is great. He, when he went to Texas tech, he's great. He, he absolutely recruited the transfer portal like crazy. Getting Marcus Carr from Louisville was a huge win. Uh, I think, um, DeSue from Vanderbilt was a huge win for them and like one of the most underrated transfers at the time but it's clear like who was really pushing the Texas Tech hype train the last few years last five years and it was Mark Adams and I mean the fact that he's got them right back to where they were when Chris Beard was there in the same amount of time is is pretty crazy so yeah I gotta go with Tech on this one though. So I'm actually, I'll be at that game. I purchased my ticket. Um, little backstory about me. I'm originally from the Austin oh. area. I actually grew up a Longhorn fan. Um, my dad went to UT. My grand, Three of my grandparents went Ooh, to UT. So you're a red trader so, instead of a red raider. <laughs> yeah, I'm a defector. You know, I went to school and immediately fell in love, and, and I haven't looked back since. But So I, I'm going with a couple of friends that are actually UT fans. Oh, that uh I expect that crowd to be close to 50 50. Oh, yeah. Texas Tech is traveling for that game. Like, we have made a, a campaign. Somehow, uh, a code leaked. A code <laughs> leaked for uh, season ticket holders to buy tickets to this game, and Texas Tech fans got no a hold way. of it. And we purchased a lion's share of tickets before they deactivated that wow. code. Wow. That's awesome. And so, yeah. it's a That's whole beautiful. thing. I, I honestly think it could be a 50 50 crowd split. That would Austin. be awesome. I mean, if that happens, then give me tech by like 20. But, you know, like, I just really <laughs> think, like, I just don't think this Texas team is that great. I've said it from night one of the season. I just haven't been high on it because it's it's hard to, it's a, it takes a really special coach to take a bunch of transfers and make it work. And uh, especially when you got a transfer, like, uh, Marcus Carr is a good ball player, but he's a very, like, a high volume scorer. And so um, it's going to be kind of hard when you have other people. You got to ma- other mouths to feed when you have Marcus Carr handling the ball. He's going to look for his own first. So, you know, no, not disappointed that Kentucky didn't get him in that regard. So, what do you think, Dal? So I actually like Marcus Carr a lot. So uh, I like him. It's just I'm, I don't like I didn't like him for Kentucky's fit. That's that's my that's my take. People said that about Severe Wheeler too, and that worked out. Yeah, um, but I think that. I think there are really two main ways that you can try and attack this Texas Tech team. One, like you said, just getting hot from three. That's essentially a killer for any team. But getting hot from three and then being able to take advantage of the fact that they don't have a ton of size uh, in the front court are like the two main ways that you can do that. And this Texas team cannot do it. Yeah. So whenever you have teams that are built with similar players and Texas Tech just seems to have – the better players it seems to seems to me pretty clear on who has the the advantage there i do think that even if even if it is ends up being like 50 50 i think just like the traveling on the road is always something that can be kind of kind of iffy but the the mindset of the texas tech team just it seems like that they kind of thrive on the away like if you can be baylor on the road yeah i feel like this this texas team is is pretty doable. So um, I don't know if I'm going like by 20, like Connor said, <laughs> but I'll, uh, I do think Texas tech ends up pulling this one out. The length. I just really like the length of Texas tech. Uh, and I just think that in this game, you need the length to win. And I just, I think they have it. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's move on. Ask some uh, questions to our guests here to Dylan. So 
we kind of heard a little bit of backstory. So you went to Texas Tech after growing up a Texas fan, correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, like literally, I remember in 2005 when uh, the Crabtree catch. Oh happened. yeah, I was actually a UT. I was a UT fan at the time. <laughs> I was crushed, and so it's yeah, it was kind of weird. But now that uh, as soon as I got to Tech, I really just fell in love with the community, the program, Lubbock itself, and then and then I actually worked for the athletics program for two years while oh, I was awesome. there. So I kind of had no choice to get to yeah, get in. Yeah. So how, how did you end up at Tech to begin with? Well, it's the only school I got into. Um, <laughs> that's that's a good answer. That's how you get fans. Yeah, so, you accept anyone and everyone. <laughs> yeah, well, and honestly, I knew I, I wanted to get away from home a little bit, you know, and it's it's a six-hour drive from Austin, so that was appealing to me. My sister already went to Tech, and so it just it, it seemed like a good fit, and, and it was. Awesome. so Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can agree on the getting away from home. Wake is about six hours from my house in kentucky so it uh yeah mom, mom can't trap by whenever she feels like <laughs> exactly. it you know and yeah so if this is one that is one of my favorite questions just to ask kind of in general not just for our guests but it's just a fun kind of like thought exercise so if you're going to steal one player from another team to add to this texas tech team in the country you can do it on just teams that you all have played or you can steal whoever um, but who are you stealing to kind of put on this team to either fill a hole or to get better? Just any, anything, you know, I'm not sure this player necessarily fills a hole, but I think the difference between this Texas tech team and the one that took us to the national championship is we had elite rim protection. Yeah. Tariq Owens was a elite rim protector, just a block maniac. And so I decided, I don't know if this is going to be a popular answer with you guys, but give me Walker Kessler. Uh, the, the nation's leading shot yeah, blocker, no, you know, that's elite rim protection. So He's pretty good. I, I see that filling a, a pretty big, I don't, I, again, I don't think it's a hole, but I do think elite yeah. rim protection, that's the big difference. And that's what he does really well. well. I, we we like, struck out on, on getting Walker Kessler and, you know, like still like he's a great yeah. player. I don't know. S- struck out seems a little. At the time it was a strikeout. Because it was it was doom, gloom, and despair in all in Lexington at that time when we when we didn't have a lot to look forward to at that time. But then we we found out about Ty Ty and Xavier Wheeler, That's you know. Fair. But at that time when he announced it was like we need we need somebody. <laughs> Nay, he he had what seven blocks at the half and ended up with twelve. Yeah, in in their game this weekend. Yeah, yeah, he's nasty he's work. Wild. Nasty work. No, he's great. Um, uh, on that same in that same vein, who are some of just your not your favorite non Texas Tech players, uh, either past or present to watch? You can do college, NBA, whatever. Well, I, I mentioned were we live when I mentioned Tim Duncan? Uh, Tim Duncan is my favorite player of all time. I'm a go. San Antonio Spurs fan. I'm a San Antonio Spurs fan, so Tim Duncan to me is the best big man of all, in all t- of all time in basketball. Um, but in college basketball, I think what, what really made me fall in love with college basketball in, in March Madness was Kimba Walker in 2010. Oh, that hurts. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> his, his tournament run it was, was just, it was yeah. electrifying. Sorry, I, I'm actually going to – this isn't the first time I'm going to open some old wounds for you guys. But um, <laughs> yeah, Kimba Walker, that, that tournament run just really made me fall in love with March Madness in yeah. college basketball. So no, it was incredible. I, historically, Absolutely. Kimba Absolutely Walker. incredible. Like any – any realistic college basketball fan, Kentucky fan, will realize how you know amazing he was and that run was. So it's it's yeah, he was incredible. 
for sure. I, I got to go at the beginning of January. We went to New York for a couple of days for my mom and little sister's birthday and got to go to the garden for the first time. Saw a an RJ Barrett buzzer beater actually at MSG and seeing that and how crazy it was then, I can only imagine what that Big East tournament was like whenever yeah. he went on that run and made it through being a, a New York kid. Uh, nah, he's he's pretty sweet. Yeah. So, so how would you rank the top five conferences in college basketball this year? Like, where would you put that? You know, let's say Big Twelve and you know all the you know the top five conferences in general. I almost feel bad putting. Actually, I guess I'll start from five and go to one yeah. just to keep the people in suspense yeah. here. Uh, <laughs> fifth, ACC. Fair enough. Uh, fourth, I have the Big East. Uh, third, I have the Big Ten, and that was actually kind of hard between three and four. That seemed kind of a decision to me. Um, and then I have SEC at two and the Big 12 at one. And it feels weird to pick the Big 12 over the SEC because the SEC won the Big 12 SEC <laughs> yeah. matchup this year. But I still just believe that the Big 12 is the best conference in basketball. And it has been for the last few years, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think there's a wrong answer. Like, you could, somebody could argue that there is. But if you're an unbiased fan of, like, the Pac-12 to flip a coin situation kind of there, you know, like you never know what you're going to get, um, what somebody's going to say. So, I mean, the, the offense in the SEC seems to be more lively than the offense in the big, big 12, but the stout defense of the big 12 offers is, is pretty fun to watch as well. And so like, it's kind of like what's your preference. And I think, you know, obviously like if you have a team that you root for in the big 12, you're going to pull for big 12 and same with us as sec, but I don't think there's a wrong answer between those two. Like not mad about it at all. I don't know about you. I I think there's a wrong answer and it's putting the sec at one. Uh, The big 12 (laughs) is the big 12 only has 10 teams, which is essentially like, I think the top, the top teams in the SEC and the top teams in the Big 12 are pretty comparable. But then you look, and the worst team in the in the Big 12 is what? Like West Virginia? Yeah. They're 64th in Ken Palm. Like, you can make a case for them. Kansas State is is there. They're TCU. Or, there are a couple teams that are around that, like, 60-ish mark. Then you look, and all right, at the same spot in the SEC, there's that. But then you go down, and it's like Mizzou, Georgia – just like drags yeah. the rest of the conference down. So we have the the bottom that yeah, the Big that, 12 just doesn't fair. have because yeah. the Big 12, like every team is good. Yeah. And I could see I could see the Big 12 having like seven tournament pits this year. Yeah, yeah like for it sure. It could be crazy. Especially with how the, the ACC is kind of turning out. There's probably like two, three tournament teams in the ACC – I mean, Pac-12 probably has like four. I don't know. I don't know. Who are, your, who are your two or three ACC tournament teams? Duke, Wake, and Notre Dame. Maybe Miami. I think Miami and UNC also make it. I don't know yeah. if UNC makes it, to be honest, but we, we will see. I guess they're, they, they they're, put they're a whooping on FSU. They put a whooping on FSU yesterday, so that's fair enough. But, yeah, I don't know. All right, so keeping uh, – you're actually not keeping. We've talked a lot of basketball. We haven't talked like any beer. What's your favorite go-to beer? Yeah, I kind of rotate every now and then. Yeah. Lately, it's been uh, Founders All Day IPA. I'm a, I'm a self-admitted IPA snob <laughs> as much as I hate to admit it. Like, I, it's just what I drink. And, and I found uh, – I, I picked this beer for two reasons. One, you can find it in just about any Walmart yeah. anywhere. Um, so anyone that's listening could probably find this beer. 
And it's a very approachable IPA. It's not, you know, super bitter. It's not overly fruity. It actually says Session Ale on the front of the can. So I don't know if it's an ale or an IPA. It's a good blend of both. And it's a good beer. You can get 15 of them for like $16. Not bad bad at all. I have to to try it. I'm not a huge IPA guy, but I I still dabble every once in a while. If I get a recommendation for it, then I'll try it. So, yeah. I was going to say, to it's uh, to uphold your brand, we'll call it an IPA so that you can maintain your IPA snob. <laughs> but we'll tell, we'll tell Connor it's a session ale yeah, just session so that he is, so is more happy to try yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if, if you're hesitant to try it, just pretend it's a session yeah, ale and yeah. go for it. I tried a stout, I think, two weeks ago. I'm not I'm – not, Definitely not a stout guy. More IPA than a stout guy, and I and I tried to enjoy and it. So. Connor loved it. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it's pretty good. And I have a good beer today to review. I hope it's good because, you know, like it's a really weird beer. So if it, if it's bad, <laughs> we'll see. But I hope it's good. Uh, but yes. Yeah, so um, so as like as we get it, we have a couple of closing questions for this interview se- uh, segment. What are three other podcasts that you would recommend to our audience? You kind of have a feel for what our audience is. It's basketball and beer lovers. So what are some uh, – what are three other podcasts or just maybe one if you can only think of one uh, besides Tortillas and Takes obviously that you would recommend to our audience <laughs> and uh, and why that would be? You know, it's funny when I when I, you sent me this question, I was like, ah, I really don't listen to a lot of podcasts <laughs> except for the ones in tech tech circles, so I could you know see how the competition stacks yeah. up. But um, I think between beers and buckets and tortillas and takes, you have great college basketball options already. Fair so enough. I'm going to give you a college football. Yeah, yeah, that, option. no, that's great. That's fantastic. I'm sure everybody that listens enjoys the solid it. verbal. The solid verbal. The Solid Verbal, they uh, really got me into podcasting. It was one of the first podcasts I ever listened to. They cover exclusively college football. They are very good, very smart people. And uh, they I, I call them my pod fathers <laughs> because they uh, they got me into podcasting. They inspired awesome. me to, to get into this. Plus, if, so, you the listen, Solid Verbal, if you listen to them in their uh, intro, they have the I'm a man, I'm 40 thing, which you yep. get to hear multiple times a week, which is which is always great. Yeah, fantastic. Their intro is killer. And, and I, I did have one more podcast for yeah. you guys. Uh, Norris Odiase is a former Texas Tech basketball player. He's been on our podcast, an incredible human being. He has a podcast called the Mind Bully Podcast. And uh, essentially what he does is tackles mental health stigmas in sports and in life. And it, it has almost nothing to do with basketball. It's more of just a mental health well-being That's podcast awesome. that I really enjoy. Yeah, I just went and followed both of those. So. Looking forward to hearing and listen to those, but yeah. And then the last question we have for you is where can our listeners find you online, find your work and everything like that? What do you want to plug here now? Yeah, it's all about tortillas and takes. So I would, I'm a videographer for a living, but I'm just going to keep plugging the podcast here. So find us on Twitter at tortillas and takes. We're on all of the podcasting outlets. You know, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple podcasts, we're on Stitcher, we're on all of them. So uh, give us a listen. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts would be, if you really love me, that's what you would do today. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Definitely. Sorry. I cut out there for a second, but yeah. Um, all right. So, Dal, do you have any other questions before we uh, move on? Uh, I think that'll do it. All right. This is Shark Tank Upsets. Each host pitches an upcoming game using stats and reasoning to convince the sharks to buy in. Sharks can buy a pint, case, K, 
tag or be completely out. This is Shark Tank Upsets, and this week, Beers and Buckets returns to the tank. Since you're our guest, we're going to let you go first and pitch your Shark Tank Upset for this week. So I mentioned uh, earlier in the podcast that I'm not going to... I was opened a wound once, and I really struggled to find a good upset coming up. Uh, one of you two has a good one picked out, so I'm going to leave that one alone. But I was looking at Kentucky, Tennessee, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I was looking at this game, and I was like, I could see this being a possibility because Texas Tech played Kentucky in a very close game, uh, I don't know, a month ago. Or not Kentucky. Texas Tech played Tennessee a month ago yeah. in a very close game, and uh, – their defense is for real. I, I have a lot of respect for Rick Barnes. I, I grew up as a fan watching him coach at UT. So I, I see that as being a potential upset. I know that um, Kentucky won by a wide margin the first time they played. But uh, it's also my understanding that Ty Ty Washington doesn't score 30 points every game. <laughs> yeah, so he will probably so score I, zero, I, I, exactly zero in this upcoming game because I doubt he plays. Yeah, he's not going to play. Oh. It, well, even it, okay, so th- that helps my argument. Yeah, no, right? absolutely. <laughs> so I am like hesitant to admit that this is probably like closer than it should be. Like looking yeah. at it objectively is probably closer than I want to think that it is. Um, I do think that so Thompson Bowling Arena will be rocking that. Yeah, I like I historically hate the like Kentucky is everyone's Super Bowl trope that we throw out every time we go to an sec school uh but it's accurate just it i mean like it kind of is i guess <laughs> it's a big game it uh, is regardless so the like the stadium will be rocking we will be th- we without tai tai well at least that's my guess because i doubt that he comes back john calipari said day to day but then also said like he might be out a few weeks so i doubt that yeah. that day to day or a few weeks turns into he's out two days and he comes back um so the one thing that really makes me worried about that is that that means we really only have severe Wheeler to initiate offense. And like Don mentioned, I mean, you can joke on Tennessee all you want, but their defense is for real. Yeah. And if we don't hit like every shot we take against them at Rupp, we obviously like that was the best offensive performance we've had this year. So I doubt that that is the same. So I'm going to, I'll buy a I'll buy a six pack on it, not because I think that it happens, but in case it happens, I will need something to drink to to cope. <laughs> so I'll buy the six pack. I'll, I'll buy the six pack as like an emotional hedge on on the upset. Yeah, I uh, I'm gonna buy a pint on this. I think Kentucky's past the like even when they lose a player and Ty Ty is a very effective role player, they're preparing for a game without him versus they're not losing a mid game. So that's that makes a huge difference. That's what every Auburn fan is like. Oh well, you know, just because you lost him doesn't mean like you know whatever. It's like it's different when you're preparing games without a player versus when you lose a player like you know four or five ten minutes into a game, your whole game plan kind of gets thrown out the window there. So uh, I think they're preparing for a game without Ty Ty. I still think this Kentucky team has the depth to get past. Uh, the Tennessee team, especially the front court. I just don't trust Tennessee's front court, and it's hard for um, them to win with that. Like, who's going to match up with Oscar Sheway? Because, like, last time, you know, like the entire front court of Kentucky held held Fulkerson to zero points. So it's going to be tough. But uh, yeah, I think is it's he still... even starting now? I have no idea. 
like he goes off. He he'll go off for one game, and then he will completely disappear for like five games, and then he'll just show back up. And it, it's so frustrating. I would hate to see it as a Tennessee fan, but I think it's going to be a close game. I just, um, I, I think Kentucky is still coming out of the top, but I'll buy a pine on it because I think it can happen. So I'm with you on that. It's a good pick for a rather dry week for upsets. I think unless you know something crazy happens like last week, but I think it's a good pick though. I don't hate it. So yeah, I mean, um, I, I hate it. I hate it if it happens. Yeah, yeah, it's, obviously, it's a good yeah. pick. <laughs> yeah, it's a good pick. It's a safe pick. Yeah. All right, Dal, what you got? All right, I am actually. So we were just talking. Uh, we are recording as Illinois seems to be blowing a lead against Northwestern, which I honestly don't really think helps my case all that much because <laughs> I'm going. I'm going Rutgers over Illinois on Wednesday. Uh, this is a Rutgers team that's only lost twice at home. They just beat. Wisconsin this past week, which was um, big, big upset held Johnny Davis, who is wildly overrated and not the Big Ten Player of the Year, to um, not a not a lot of points. I don't remember the exact number. Um, I think kind of the two the two big things that I have here are Rutgers has a significant size advantage at all three of the guard possessions. So Illinois is known as this big team. I think at least in my mind mostly because of Kofi, but at the guard spots, they're actually kind of small. And yeah. Rutgers has Ron Harper, who's like 6'6". Six, six, and um, uh, who's their other Who's their other big guard? Um, Geo Baker is like 6'4". Yeah. And so I think that makes a, a big difference, and they can kind of have the, the advantage in the backcourt size. And one thing that obviously is a, is a great way to – upset people or avoid upsets is forcing turnovers and getting easy buckets. And Illinois does not do that at all. No, they they are that. one of the worst teams at forcing turnovers in the country. So that's my, that's my thinking for why Rutgers is going to get one on Illinois at home. Yeah, I'm, I'm buying, uh, I guess I'll buy a six pack because I, I hear a, a team with big athletic guards uh, <laughs> who has a tremendous home field advantage uh, that wears red and, and instantly I fall in love. So <laughs> yeah, how could I not buy that explanation? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and I'll buy uh, actually I'll buy a keg on this. I'll go with a keg on it because Let's go Rutgers on. has been that team in the Big Ten to just absolutely like upset everybody it feels like so uh, why not you know let's let's do it again let's let's hit it again because they can definitely they can definitely do that right now. Uh, in my, and in, I do think they're they're a bubble team right now. For so sure. they, they, they have a lot it. to play for they need at it. this yeah. moment. Yeah, they were just showing the rankings in this Northwestern Illinois game, and and yeah, Rutgers is right there. Like they they have they have some really good wins. They have some really like eh, losses, but overall they need this. So uh, yeah, I'll, their, I'll definitely buy, their buy schedule is brutal over the last like five or six games. But getting a a win against Illinois to start it would be a great way for them to make the tournament. I think they have yeah. nine losses already, which makes it kind of tough, which means they probably have to go five and one over this last six game stretch. But yeah. if they can, they're easily a, a tournament team. For sure. For sure. So, all right. So I'm going to go with uh, Tuesday, 7 PM in Norman, Oklahoma, Oklahoma versus Texas. I think they're going to, they're going to pull out a, you know, it's a home game for Oklahoma. They lost a close one to Kansas. They need this upset. They need something to go their way. They're kind of like a bubble team, if not mistaken. If not, you know, like they're 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 really like sliding in late there. Uh, you know, they they upset Tech last week, so they 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 need almost like an upset every week to to pull this out. 
And I think, you know, losing at, losing at Kansas, which was they battled tough, uh, I think they, they'll pull it out uh, over Texas at home. So they need it. Like I said, Oklahoma can play a physical game. They matched up well with Texas Tech, surprisingly. Like you said, that, that one dude dropped 30 points. And overall, I just think their offensive approach is better than Texas's. So what do you guys think? Does this game um, I don't have- know how to – Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, just, just this is more a question for Dylan. Is this game also the Red River Shootout or the Red River Showdown or whatever they call it now? Is it does it get the same name as the football game or it does not have near the okay. height that the football game has? Uh, I don't think either of these programs <laughs> care near as much about basketball as they do as football. So no, Fair. the height isn't really there. Um, I, I think they will get up for it. It is a rivalry game. And so I'll buy, I don't know how to buy a little bit. Like, I don't know, a beer or two. Yeah, you can buy a pint. A pint, maybe a pint or two. Okay. Um, I, I just think Oklahoma, yes, they've showed us that they could play in the Big 12. I mean, you mentioned they, they beat us. Um, and then they almost go into Fog Allen Fieldhouse and win. But to me, it just seems fluky to me. The both games, they just had players go off. Um, I have a hard time believing that um, they're going to have an offensive explosion against Texas because Texas does play really, really good defense. Uh, Chris Beard, doesn't matter if he has Mark Adams or not, he's still playing good defense in Austin. So I, uh, I, I think it's possible, but I don't know if I'm going to buy it. And I don't know if maybe that's just me forecasting the, the game against us. You know, if I'm yeah. thinking maybe a win here gives them confidence, I don't know. So, yeah, yeah. I kind of just have a, a tough time seeing it because when you when you look at their their schedule and say, oh yeah, they battled Kansas tough, they beat Texas Tech, and then you look and it's like, oh well, they beat Texas Tech. They only have three other like Big Twelve wins at that point. A lot of them are close, and they they do a pretty good job of keeping keeping games like relatively within uh, within arm's reach. Other than that that Auburn game where they got like the absolute doors yeah. beat off them, but it, they turn the ball over a ton. They're fluky from three. They actually are fifth in the country in two point field goal percentage, which is, is surprising. But like you said, I mean, Texas's defense is, is set up to really, to really stop, stop teams like this. Uh, I'm going to go, I'll, I'll buy a pint as well. Uh, and I'll be, I'll be in on this a little bit. I think it definitely will be, will be a close game. It probably, like if this game ended 59 57 or something like didn't even get to the 60s i wouldn't be shocked uh Kim yeah. has it uh as a 62 61 loss so uh no i mean i I'd, i almost like want to pick them but it just seems it just seems like that i don't know there's just that that turnover percentage really like scares me so i'll uh i'll buy a pint and kind of hedge but fair enough Fair enough. I think I think at home is huge. I, I wouldn't pick them on the road, uh, to be fair. So, uh, yeah, and I, I just think, uh, I don't know. I like Porter Mosier a lot, so. Like it's certainly Mosier. possible. When I read that on the sheet, I was like, you know, I could definitely see that happening. And and I just like I just can't trust Oklahoma. Yeah, no, they've, they've been. I, I think in, in any given night they could beat Texas. It's just they've been very. You, up you never down. know what you're going to get. Yeah, they've been very inconsistent this year. Not yeah. to the level of like Alabama, but they've been right. pretty inconsistent. Uh, you know, like they've had some great games and they've had some games they look just absolutely awful. So you don't know which Oklahoma you're getting. I think they're going to get the good Oklahoma Tuesday night and. 
they're going to pull out a dub. Maybe close, but they're going to pull out a dub. So, all right, let's move on. One of the greatest presidents in our history, Ben Franklin, once said, Beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. None of what I just said is actually true, but who cares because beer. This is the part of the episode where each of us reviews a beer that we've either never had before or we just highly recommend. Let's drink. All right, so beer review time. Dylan, since you're our guest, why don't you go first, man? All right, so I I went to the biggest liquor store in town trying to find a West Texas beer. Um, I I live in Dallas, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And for the life of me, I could not find a West Texas beer in the store. (laughs) So if you're in Lubbock, go to Two Docks. It's a brewery that have great beer. But I did find a Texas beer, Shiner. It's like the biggest brand of beer in Texas. It's actually brewed very close to Austin, so I almost feel bad picking it. But they just released a new IPA, uh, self-appointed IPA snob. I had to try it. (laughs) So it's called the Shiner Tex Hex. And uh, the description is a mythical IPA brewed with cactus water and Amarillo hops. So Amarillo hops, that's Mm. West Texas. That maybe fits my category. There Um, you go. Yeah, there you go. I didn't know cactus water was a thing until I tried this beer. I didn't know you could drink water from a cactus. I don't know why you would use it in a (laughs) beer, but it tastes good. I will say, very smooth. Solid IPA, 7% alcohol. So if you're trying to get toasty, drink a couple of these and you're going to be feeling pretty good. But the smooth fruity IPA it kind of has like a little Mexican kind of lager spice almost to it but yeah it's good it's a good IPA and Shiner always makes great beer so yeah no Shiner awesome. Shiner's great I haven't had it yet but it's uh, it's added to the list start with the old school block they make a bunch of beer start yeah. with the original block okay okay definitely so um how you compare it to a college basketball team or anything basketball in general, uh, honestly. We kind of go all over the place with this because it's so hard to pick just one team. But what are you going to compare it to basketball-wise? You know, give me some a team in the South because it has some, I don't know, Spanish influence on the can. There's like a Mexican lady with laser beams coming out of her eyeballs. So um, <laughs> <laughs> that screams good defense to me is what that screams. And uh, give me San Diego State, just a very sneaky okay. – Good defensive basketball team, San Diego State. The Aztecs. I like it. That's where my little sister goes to school. I, I, I like, I respect their brand of defense over there. So, mm-hmm. plus a, a team, what you like, like you said earlier, a team, a team in red that plays oh, yeah. good defense. You, you have to, you have to stay in it. Yeah. Same, same reason why I like U of H. <laughs> at least, at least for one more year, and then I can't root for them anymore. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's definitely fair. All right, I have a brewery called Flying Dog out of Pennsylvania, out of Philly. Um, they make a bunch of stuff there. They have a Raging Bitch IPA that is really, really good. I did a I did a power hour. That's what it's called. <laughs> I did a I did a power hour one time of it in college, and that did not end uh, overly well because everyone else was just doing normal beers. And then no one told me that we stopped like twenty minutes through, and I kept going. So it was not a good night. Uh, anyways, um, I so I feel like that they're mostly known for their IPAs, double, double IPAs, stuff like that. But this is what's called their deck beer, which I think is just kind of like a um, kind of like a pool lager kind of thing. I tried to to pick the thing that seemed closest to Texas, which I associate with the summer and heat. So that's why I, I went with this one. But 
I've never had it, so we'll try it. Oh, yeah, that's, I mean, it's super smooth. It is, where's the percentage on here? 5.4%. So you could definitely have a bunch of these uh, out by the pool. It is aptly named. Um, if I'm going to compare it to a a college basketball team, let me see. I I mean, it's like, it's kind of light. It doesn't, it doesn't hit you really that hard. Um, so trying to figure out a team that is, that just like, isn't one that's really going to like be too, hit, isn't going to hit you too hard. I was going to go Virginia, but their defense kind of is, is their, their defense. Hits we we, don't, we yeah, don't like exactly. Virginia in the, in these parts. <laughs> who likes who likes Virginia anywhere? <laughs> I so I actually the year they got beat by UMBC. Uh, small tangent here: the year they got beat by UMBC, like three months before that happened. This was right when Kentucky was struggling a little bit. I bet a bunch of people that I work with, like, oh, Kentucky's going to make it farther in the tournament than Virginia does this year. They were like, oh yeah, for sure. I ended up winning like three hundred dollars. Uh, from various UVA grads that I worked with uh, because they got upset. And so Kentucky did make it farther, even though they didn't really do like a ton that year. Um, Sweet 16 lost to Kansas State, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Um, Freaking Big 12. Let's do Kansas State. Let's do, let's do, I'll stick with uh, with Dylan's pick in, of California schools and I'll go Cal Berkeley for this. I feel like that I didn't like, I almost feel like I forget Cal Berkeley has a, a basketball team a lot of time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they're not hitting you too hard. This this beer is the same way. All right. So I've I've seen this beer before at at my liquor store for like two years now. And I'm like, well, I have no reason to try it. Well, you know, now that I have a beer review podcast, I have a reason to try it, even though I don't, I don't want to. You know, that TikTok is like, I don't want to effing do this crap, but it's got to be done. Like it's the same thing. So it's a Eagle Brewery's banana bread beer. There's a guy I follow. He's pretty funny. Uh, like Benedict something, but he's really funny. And he's like on today's episode of who's buying this, who's buying this? (laughs) Like is what he does. But, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know the, the notes on it on the website say, Long ago, ale was known as liquid bread. We've used our long history of creating the finest malt blends and added fair trade bananas to awaken senses with a seriously fruity, rich, yet surprisingly versatile banana bread beer. An inspired brew with our own natural mineral water and fair trade bananas. Tempting aromas and flavors are balanced by the silky richness of masterful malt blend and the peppery spice of the freshest ripest hops so it's 5.2 percent abv and no uh, ibus listed so here it goes eagle brand banana bread beer it tastes like uh like banana pudding more than banana bread and it's really not bad at all i mean not a crushable beer because you're gonna feel bloated, <laughs> but I, I don't know. Like if you had it, like if I had a cheesecake, like a slice of just plain like cheesecake right now, be pretty good to pair it's it with. Good, good dessert beer so, in general. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it really remind like it really reminds me of like a eating vanilla wafer or yeah, like vanilla the, wafers. What's it called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it has that same – it hits that same where it's like 
I'm tasting banana, but how? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that's it's that kind of same thing. This I'll finish this one for sure, and might might drink another one tonight with a slice of cake that my wife's making for the Super there Bowl. So not too bad. I'm, I'm I've been sleeping on this. It's it's kept in stock at my liquor store forever, and I don't know why because it's like who's buying this, but clearly there's a market for it. So. Pretty good, all in all. Not going to complain well, here. Will Levis would buy that again. Beer. I, I know. I'm going to tag him in this because I mean, he's got to love it. You know, he's do you get that reference, it. Dylan? No, I don't. So Will Levis is the Kentucky quarterback, and at the beginning of the year, he said that his girlfriend was like cleaning out their kitchen or something and had some bananas that were about to go bad, and she was like going to throw them out. He's like, "Here, let me have one." And so he did a TikTok of him just like eating a banana without peeling it. And it like blew <laughs> yeah, up right before on. the. It was like a brown banana yeah, too. It was, it was disgusting, but it, it ended up like it was gross. Up, I think uh, I think that was the week that no Alyssa Lang was there another week and did the. He also did coffee. He like, got coffee at a restaurant and poured mayonnaise in it and like stirred it up and took a sip. <laughs> Who is it, this person? It, it, he's <laughs> terrifying. Uh, he's a different breed. He's a different breed, but he's he's a good football no, player. He I'll say that. But he's so a really the, good like his first big thing were, was eating the banana. That meant that there are multiple people in our student section in both football and basketball now that wear banana suits. So if yeah, I don't get it for the basketball. Like I get I, it, but I don't. It's like do something. If else, you've invested but... enough in a banana suit, like you're gonna wear it as many times as you can, and uh, yeah. you might as well might as well wear it to the basketball yeah. games too. I have an eagle yeah, onesie gonna... that I find every excuse to wear everywhere. So yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I'm comparing it to like college basketball, so my mind went bananas, Savannah bananas, Savannah Georgia, Georgia State, in like 2015, I think it was when the coach like fell out of his chair because he was coaching in the chair. Because what's his name? Ron Hunter. You know? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Because so. Oh, Surprisingly good, but it's not going to match up against better beers and better teams. Do you remember teams. why he was coaching that, you know, they had in, the, in the stool? He had like a heart issue. No, he, he like tore his Achilles in celebrating a buzzer beater for them to win their conference tournament, I'm pretty sure. And so he was like mm. already hurt for for Makes celebrating, sense. and then his because his son RJ Hunter was on the yeah. was on the, his, was on the team and he yeah. shot and he fell out of his chair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Legendary. That was wild, yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it the Georgia State, you know, like I'm compared to that because they had an upset here, which I wasn't was not expecting this W for them at all. But it's not going to compare to other beers that I've reviewed on this podcast. Nor will I probably buy it again just because it's so heavy. I feel you. Uh, as far as like drinking is, yeah, it's not like a McUltra or anything where you could just pound them back. So yeah. is it like? All right, so is we'll it like ahead. a stout? Is it? It's darker. No, it's a. Uh, I mean, it just says malt, so like lager. Okay. So the coloring, it's like twenty six point five EBC. I don't know exactly what that means, but I mean, like if I were, I think when I read online, like in the beer advocate page and stuff, it's like a rusty color is what mm. it said. So not super okay. dark at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, it tastes like it tastes like the aftertaste of eating like banana pudding with vanilla wafers in it. You know, like that that whole experience there. I just would rather eat. Yeah, banana pudding, if we're being <laughs> yeah. honest. So, yeah. Yeah, instead of drinking it as a beer. Uh, yeah, it's always funny when people, like, my dad talks about that all the time with, like, chips. It's like a cheeseburger chip. Just eat a cheeseburger. <laughs> like, why are you just eating the chips that taste like a cheeseburger? You know, whatever. But, yeah. So, all right. As we wrap up with the beer review, Dylan, you said you're hopping off here. So, 
Again, anything that you want to plug now or if you want to follow you on social media, where can we find you on Twitter and anything like that? Uh, again, I'm just going to plug the podcast Twitter account. I don't care if you find me or not. Uh, you, you Find yeah, us yeah, yeah. on Tortillas and Takes, and then you will get plenty of me through that podcast account. So <laughs> Tortillas and Takes for all the best Texas Tech basketball and sports content you need. We're there for you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming on, man, and taking the time to meet with us on Super Bowl Sunday of all Sundays. So, like we said, when we agreed on the day, neither of us realized what yeah. day it was, but we made it work, and it, it's yeah. all good. You, so, again, we appreciate you, you having coming on. tonight's game. Ah, oh, man, I, I've gone back and forth on this a few times. I, I'm, I'm just rooting for Cincinnati at this point. Uh, I don't know if they're necessarily yeah. going to win, but I really like Joe Burrow and his his demeanor and uh, how he approaches things. So. Give me the Bengals just to have a little fun tonight. Yeah, yeah. I'm, my heart says Bengals. My, you know, like everything else says Rams just because of how good that D-line is versus the Bengals' yeah. line. But I, I I would love – I don't like – I'm not going to be disappointed in either team losing or winning, to be honest. So it's like it doesn't matter. What about you, Dow? Let's see if we give our predictions I here. am – I'm someone that I, I feel like that I'm a pretty positive person in general. Normally, root for people more than root against people. But I think people, yeah. the thing that gets me to be negative about people is whenever the media hypes them up too much. And all I've seen for the past month is how cool Joe Burrow is and how good Joe Burrow is and everything. Yeah. So I have now like turned full heel and am very anti joe burrow so i'm going for the rams tonight do not let my stepsister who is a Ooh. big Bengals fan hear this uh i had to keep that uh to myself <laughs> last night but um other than the fact that i have uh, a joe burrow rookie card that is like numbered out of 25 that would be much more valuable if they won uh that's the only thing that is yeah. the, is the um would be the the silver lining for them winning but i think i'm for the rams it's tough because as a Bucks fan, I, I should be rooting for the Rams because if we're going to lose, I'd rather lose to the people that win the Super Bowl. But uh, it's just frustrating because, like, how do you root for somebody that's beaten you the last three times you played them? So don't want to do that anymore. So, yeah, all in on the Bengals. Who day? So, yeah, appreciate you coming yeah, on. Thanks, thanks a lot. Appreciate man. you guys. This is a lot of fun. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Rocky versus Apollo, Daniel LaRusso versus Johnny Lawrence, Ali versus Frazier. What do they all have in common? They were absolute throwdowns. This is the part of the show where we discuss some throwdown games in college basketball this week. All right, so Dal, do you know where the, before we move on to the throwdown games, do you know where the who day began for the Bengals? I do not, but I would like to know because it's dumb and the whole, like, who they think going to beat them Bengals, giving other teams the ability to just yell everybody seems like it's a really bad, like, fight song thing to sing. So it's actually, it's like, it's synonymous with the Bengals, but it's been around before the Bengals were 
a franchise before Cincinnati was a franchise before the Reds were even a franchise was just the oldest team in baseball, surprisingly. So it's actually come from a local brewery by Huda Huda Pole Huda Pole Beer oh, Company. Hudipole. I think it's how it's pronounced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hudipole. Wait, no way. And yeah, and it dates back to the days in the Riverfront Stadium. So basically. It was like they they took it from that because they were selling it at the Reds games and then eventually at the Bengals games and they'd say hey, I want a hoodie, yeah. hoodie pole. So like they say instead of saying hoodie pole, they just say I want a hoodie. Yeah, and then it just kind of turned into they saying hoodie, which is different and actually derived before the New Orleans Saints with they Did say who dat yeah yeah and who dat is also like who dat they're gonna beat their bengal or beat those saints or whatever yeah. which is this kind of the same thing i think it's so dumb i think the fa- the fact that it derived from a brewery we had we couldn't let that go on notice on super bowl sunday like we no, had to bring that up. that's so that's why so i went to i went to a couple reds games this summer with my dad and yeah. he had gone to like old Reds games with his dad. And so whenever we went to go get a beer, he was like, Oh, do they have any hoodie pole? And I was like, yeah, what are you talking about? And he was like, yeah, it's like the Cincinnati brewery. Yeah. So that's that's crazy that that's, that's where they, that's where they got who day from. I'll have to yeah. So really Reds fans, you could, you could go ahead and do that at Reds games too. Like all Cincinnati fans, because I mean, it's, it's a Cincinnati thing before either teams were developed. So, so huh. Pretty cool, pretty cool story there, and I think you know anyone who trashes it saying it's a knockoff of the Saints can shut it because it's wrong. So, You're just salty right. that the Saints beat the Bucks all the time. So they beat us when it really doesn't matter, but we beat them in the playoffs. So. <laughs> <laughs> you all love dropping a random regular season game to the Saints, though. Twice, the, twice. It's both years. so dumb. I hate it. I hate it so much. So, all right, we have actually more Super Bowls than the Saints do, which is insane because I feel like they're historically the better, you know, franchise. But whatever. All right, so throwdown games uh, Tuesday on the fifteenth because I looked on Monday and I really didn't see a lot of good games unless they're in the bubble games. I didn't see a lot of good games. Plus, I will be out. At, um, on Valentine's Day with my wife, so you know, not going to be watching basketball because I might have yeah, to sit go in the be couch with your loved ones. Yeah, yeah, do that. Spend some time with your loved ones, significant others. But yeah, Tuesday, Texas at Oklahoma. We already talked about that one, but I think Oklahoma. You think Texas, and that's that's fair. That's fine. Okay, cool. Um, Hook them. Yeah, I mean that's what you said, right? Or you are yeah, you kind yeah, of just yeah. on the fence? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm and then the Wake Forest. But- I'll, I'll go. Yeah. I'll do it just so I can say, okay, cool, hook them, because that text was <laughs> legendary. I, I do like the th- the horns up. You know, like it's cool. Yeah, I when you do when you do the hand motion, you got to know it's going to be done in the opposite direction by rivals. So you yeah, can't exactly. complain when it happens. Especially can't bring in the refs on it. But all right, Wake Forest at Duke. It's going to be tough. I I hate doing this to you, buddy, but I think Duke's going to. They they have to like they're going to they're going to win this one. It's at I, it's at Cameron Indoor. I agree. We haven't won at Cameron since like. Since Nam, I don't actually know when the last time we beat them. Can't, it's not as a question if Wake Forest did win though, because Virginia won after shooting like two for twenty. The last, the the second three was like was literally the buzzer beater or whatever. So yeah, that was that was wild. I mean, so I think that kind of how we talked about earlier with Big Twelve teams being essentially just like better versions of other Big Twelve teams. Duke is just yeah. a better version of Wake. And yep. they match up really well against against Wake. I think 
weight covers if you are into the betting side of things. I think weight yeah. covers because they have done a really good job of bouncing back from losses this year. But it's, I mean, it's going to be tough to beat Duke at Duke. So Yeah. All right, so Villanova at Providence. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Villanova. Yeah, I'm going Nova here too. I'm not super high on this Providence team, so yeah, I'm just gonna go Nova here. We already talked about Kentucky Ken at Tennessee. Loves going I think, over right? Yeah, yes. we already talked about Kentucky at Tennessee. Uh, Wisconsin at Indiana. I'm going Indiana here at home. Freedom Hall. I, I don't like this Wisconsin team. I think they've been overrated for the most part. I think Indiana needs this to kind of secure the bubble team, you know, whatever they're projected. I think that's, they need this win. It's big upset. So give me Indiana by like three. Both these teams are gross and deserve to lose, but let's go. I'll go Wisconsin. Ew. I don't know. Gross. All right. That feels, that Wednesday, feels the 16th. Uh, I put I put this game in there because both these teams have a very real chance of making the tournament and making a splash. Uh, Mississippi State at Alabama. What do you think? Uh, I'm gonna think I'm gonna go with the SEC's like propensity to have the home team win, uh, and I'm gonna go yeah. Alabama here. Yeah, I, I can't go against that. Uh, Alabama picked up a good win against Arkansas after Arkansas upset Auburn. So. Yeah, yeah, you I also didn't just... bring that up at the beginning of the episode, and and like after being super in on that, you were driving the must bus fully. Like I was just surprised that you didn't bring it up. It, it just happened so early in the week; it just kind of left my mind. But I mean, we it was it was confirming everything we knew about this Auburn team. They they really get they get five six free throw attempts at home versus on the road. So it's like why why do we need to bring it up anymore? They, we we know it's at home. They're going to keep on winning, but that doesn't matter come tournament time. So. I just we'll needed see. to rile you up a little bit on that one. <laughs> I can't wait till Tampa, bro. I can't wait till the SEC <laughs> tournament. Oh my god! Um, and we talked about Baylor at Texas Tech. I I think Tech's going to win this one. Uh, if I didn't actually already say my prediction on this one, I, Agreed. I just think Tech's going to win 2-0 on this on this week. So uh, I threw this one in here as well because Houston seems to be like you know like kind of like unraveling here and. I know it's at home for Houston, so I don't think it actually is going to happen. But, I mean, UCF can win this game. I think that they have a very real chance at winning this game. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you say that it's at home, so it's not going to happen. But they just lost to Memphis at home. So, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. But it could. A, a really good – I mean, this is the best chance. Houston's the best uh, team in this conference without a, without a doubt. And it's going to be probably the only tournament team in this conference. I think – I think it's hard for a team like that to win three or to lose three in a row. So I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the Cougars here. But I, I wouldn't put it out of the question for the Golden Knights to pull out, uh, to you know bring out a dub of this one for sure. Just because you know, like if they could get hot from three, that's how UCF likes to win their game. So true. Um, another kind of bubble watch game, but also a ranked team is San Francisco at St. Mary's. This is tough. I don't. I've watched a little bit of San Francisco. I haven't really watched a whole lot of St. Mary's. What do you think on this on these teams? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go St. Mary's. I think they. So they got beat by like 16 against Gonzaga on the road uh, yeah. on Saturday. So I think they're gonna bounce back. Uh, I think they probably win by four or five. I'm gonna go San Francisco. I think this kind of like. I mean, beginning of the season, we this was a Ken Palm like top twenty five team, and uh, so it's it's kind of one that 
Yeah, it's they need. 20, they need 20 this. Versus, they, 20 versus twenty six. Uh, yeah, in Ken Palm. Yeah, so they need this. They need to. They need this for to kind of get that. They need to get that momentum going into their conference tournament and uh, maybe secure the spot in the bubble or you know in the tournament here. And then we have Oregon at Arizona State on Thursday. Is that accurate or is that an old one? Yeah, no, this is this is accurate. I put this in here okay. just because okay. Oregon. I, I didn't remember if I put it or not. <laughs> yeah, no, I put this in. Uh, most of our bubble games are on Saturday, but this is definitely a bubble game. Oregon uh, has a big week coming up. They play Arizona later in the week. So I threw this one on there because this is kind of how they get their, their week started. Um, I think Oregon by the wins way, it. By the way, I have it up since it's pulled up right now um, on – I'm watching the UNI Loyola Chicago game, and San Francisco actually projected 11 seed by Lenardi, and um, St. Mary's projected nine seed. So that's actually going to be a good game to watch. It's going to feel like a tournament game for sure. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Oregon here. Uh, I just think they need this to kind of keep on rolling, uh, you know, get some momentum. Like I said, for Pac-12 tournament and Arizona State, I'm just not high on. So absolutely. Yeah. All right, uh, I didn't see any good games on Friday. What about Saturday? We have Xavier at UConn. This is going to be a fun game, I think. It's going to be one of the more underrated games on the, on Saturday. What do you think? Yeah, I think this is kind of one of those that's a, a toss-up, and the fact that Connecticut's at home gives me um, a little bit of uh, getting clean to go um, in their favor here. They're playing Seton Hall earlier in the week, so should get a nice little tune-up there. And yeah, I think they, I think they get Xavier by three or four points. Close game though. UConn's weird because they've had, I mean, they have, they're one of the few teams to beat Auburn. They're only one of two teams to beat Auburn, but they have some really weird losses where it's like, how do you lose to this team? So um, I think they need it. Uh, I'm going to go UConn as well. We talked about Texas Tech at Texas. What about, let's move up to the big 10 Illinois at Michigan state. I think, Michigan State's, I think Michigan State's overrated, so I'll go Illinois. I'm going to go Michigan State because I think Illinois is going to lose on – actually, no. No, I'm going to roll with it. Illinois is going to take two losses this week. I think Rutgers can pull out the upset. But if they don't, like I wouldn't be too surprised if Rutgers lost and Illinois won, and it's going to be like a close game. So I think Michigan State's just going to need this more. It's at home for Michigan State. Kind of never count out Izzo, especially rolling into March. So you give me Michigan State by like five in this one. And so we have Bubble Saturday. You brought these games up. Why don't you pitch these? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think the Conference USA is going to be kind of – it's it has the potential to get more than one team in. But the two teams that are kind of at the top of Conference USA are North Texas and UAB. And North Texas travels to, to Birmingham and plays UAB on Saturday. I think I'm going to go with the home team here. Uh, yep. I think North Texas is technically in first and is the higher ranked team in CUSA, but going to go with UAB here to kind of get a get a big side, uh, a big win on their side for the for their conference resume. Yeah. Well, two things, Andy Kennedy. For one, I love oh, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AK, AK yeah, is so, awesome. Yeah, and then also my cousin went to UAB, so I got to pull for them in this one. Also, North Texas can suck it. So that, uh, that's really yeah. mean to the to the green. I get it because they're the, the green. mean green. 
Yeah, yeah. Mean Machine, uh, Mean Green. <laughs> ooh, I actually watched Longest Yard the other day. It's such a good movie. Fantastic um, movie. Both versions. Both versions so are great. So good. Uh, all right, next game. This is the second Wake Forest game we have on the on the docket this week. Uh, Notre Dame travels to Wake Forest. I think, personally, on this one, just looking at the matchups and knowing that Wake will probably be coming off their second loss in a row to Duke, I think Wake gets uh, back on the the winning train at home against Notre Dame. And is this would be – I mean, these teams are both kind of in that 9, 10, 11-ish range. Yeah. So it's huge for one. So Wake has, hasn't made the conference quarterfinals in like over 10 years in the ACC tournament. And if they win and are able to get a double bye, they would end up getting the double bye into the quarterfinals. So they wouldn't even have to yeah. play to reach the place that they haven't reached in over a decade. So I think this is a huge game. Yeah, and I think I think Wake wins it. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I think when Wake wins it, I think they're they, – they, I mean, Wake's an underrated shooting team for the most part, right? Like I feel like they, yeah. they kind of slide on the radar in that sense. And Notre Dame – as good as they are on defense, which is kind of more underrated defense in the nation, if I'm if I'm being honest, is one of the few that have held Kentucky to that many points, whatever they held them to. Still think, still like Wake wins this one, and uh, Notre Dame's still a good team though. So it's like Blake Wesley is the truth. Yeah, he is. I, I've been keeping up with the mock drafts, and he keeps on moving on up. You know, closer every like he moves up like one or two spots every time. So Absolutely. wouldn't be surprised if he goes if he goes like. 10th in this one to be honest with you but yeah um st louis at davidson this is gonna be a fun game i almost put this on here to begin with uh but yeah it's, i think it's gonna be a great game uh i'm gonna go with davidson in here at home huge huge deal and uh they need it they need this one so yeah give me davidson by like three yeah these, these teams are both kind of on the on the fringe of the bubble St. Louis is, I think, 55th, 56th in Ken Palm. Davidson's around the 65-ish mark. But, uh, no, I think I think Davidson at home gets this win. Uh, and kind of, I mean, with this, honestly, if you get this win and then their win, their game in the final regular season game against Dayton, like if, if Davidson can win out, they'll be 26-4. and four going into conference yeah. tournament play, and that's pretty much guaranteed to be a, a tournament team regardless of how the conference tournament goes. So I think yeah. Davidson gets this one. Why don't you do the next one? Let's do BYU at St. Mary's. So BYU is one of the teams that we kind of touched on at the very beginning of the podcast that was going to be one of our, our mid-majors that we were going to follow. Then they got yeah. absolutely destroyed by Gonzaga uh, <laughs> yeah. a couple weeks ago. It was not great, but they're still – kind of sitting there on the bubble St. Mary's is definitely on the bubble the West Coast Conference is honestly like one of the better uh G5 like non-power five conferences this year uh so what do you think on what do you think on this game uh I had St. Mary's losing to San Francisco so I just don't think this nine seed is going to lose two games in a row and BYU I don't know who they play earlier in the week but uh, I just got to go with St. Mary's here. It's at so, home. This is actually their first game of the week. They played Pepperdine on Saturday, and they don't play again until this upcoming Saturday where they play St. Mary's. So they have a lot of time. on. I still think St. Mary's pulls out a win here. It's at home. They need it uh, to cut, like, pretty much at this point for every team in the WCC besides Gonzaga. You, it's like a must win. 
uh, just to kind of bolster these, you know, like this this conference tournament here. So I'm gonna go St. Mary's here. Yeah, it's St. Mary's is twenty and six on the season right now, especially if they are. I mean, they're they're going into that San Francisco game that we mentioned earlier that is kind of on the fence. So you, yeah. I mean, you have to win that. But if you don't, you definitely have to beat BYU because they play Gonzaga to end the season, which would give them, if they lose one of these first two games, it'd give them eight losses plus another loss probably coming in the conference tournament. Nine loss yeah. team is just kind of tough when you play a schedule like they do to to get in. Despite they do have some some solid wins in the non conference too, so it's hard to really like fault them them too much but i think they i think they get the win here and kind of knock byu out of the tournament race and continue to to keep their well and and keep in mind like i said i mentioned st mary's was a nine c projected nine c according to lenardi san francisco 11 byu is 12 seeds so yeah i just gotta go i'm gonna go go with the statistics here Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, all right, and then to wrap it up, we have South Dakota State at Fresno State. South Dakota State, really... we have San Diego State. Oh, San Di- It was it was abbreviation. That's not me. That's San fair. Diego That's State. Fair. Yeah. Uh, not the Jackrabbits, the Aztecs. Correct, correct. Um, no, so I I think this one on here, Fresno State actually has like quietly one of the better players in the country, according to Ken Palm's player of the year rankings which they do based on a bunch of different statistics it's not a yeah. it's not an actual like person going through and ranking them but orlando robinson is a seven footer it's a junior for fresno state and he is fifth currently in ken palm's player of the year rankings he will definitely be an all-american he's probably the best player him and hunter Maldonado will kind of battle it out for mountain west player of the year um yeah. Maldonado at wash er, at wyoming so, um, I mean, this game should be should be really fun. Fresno State sixteen and eight. They really need this win if they're going to be able to kind of stay on the bubble there. Um, even though they're no, no, they're nine spots behind San Diego State. Um, I'll I'll rock with the Aztecs here and say that they pull off the win uh, in Fresno. But I don't. I mean, like this game is going to be a ton of fun to watch. It might. In fifty-five to fifty, so if you're going in expecting offense, you're you're picking the wrong game. But this one, this one should be fun. Um, let me see here. While you're I looking, still... Fresno is. I think Fresno might literally be the slowest team in the country in terms of pace. They they average almost just just under sixty-one possessions per game, which is super super low. All right, so Ken Palm has San Diego State losing this game. Yep, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna ride with Ken Palm on here. I don't know a whole lot about these teams, but I'm looking at San Diego State's defense, which number two. Uh, yes. So pretty San good. Diego's, pretty good. San defense. Diego State is is like LSU with a worse def or worth worse offense. They're just completely built on their defense and it's which is like crazy we, because LSU's offense is awful to begin with. So. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'll, I'll just go defense wins here. Um, especially on the road defense travels, like we always say. So yep. yeah, give me San Diego state. Yeah. All right. Oh, whoa. Jamal, Jamal Baker's on this Fresno state team. I forgot that he transferred there. Uh, I forgot awesome. he transferred too. Oh man. What a name. What, what that was. That was more polarizing, almost than uh, redacted. <laughs> ah, come on. So yeah, so we're gonna do we're gonna do last call uh, for mine. I wanted to give a quick PSA to just give a guide 
to how you present justified criticism and warranted frustration, uh, mainly on Twitter, because that is where we hang out mostly during games. But uh, just in general, it's it's one of those things we brought it up a couple of times with Keon Brooks and Severe Wheeler on our Kentucky recaps, how they have gotten too much hate. And yeah. I think the big thing, and I was very much guilty of this, where I was tweeting some upset things when Wake was collapsing against Miami over the weekend. So this is definitely in like retrospect for my own actions. But yeah. I think the two big things to remember are to be realistic and like have a, a sense of how dire the situation actually is. If you're a team that has an incredible offense and you go through a five minute scoring drought, like that happens. Don't think, Oh, our offense is now terrible and we need to like change everything we do. No, you just need to have a bigger sample size, which we've talked yeah. about a bunch. The other one is to avoid absolutes, like always and never. This person never scores. This person always yeah. turns the ball over in this situation. I did a couple of those on Saturday and wish that I did not. So just <laughs> as you are going and getting upset and tweeting out your frustrations and venting on the timeline, just be conscious of those two guidelines for warranted frustration. Yeah. I so my wife and I call these words always never you know like whatever th- things that are a little bit ridiculous but these type of words these absolutes we call them wall words we learned that from our marriage counseling when we were engaged and we had to go through marriage counseling the it was like oh you always do this or you never do this it's like that's you're just building walls and you're making it harder to relate to the other person and that's in a marriage context so. You're just it, you're just making you're, you're just making it harder for you to be a fan when they do something correct. Correct. You know, in that regard. So um, avoid the wall words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. like that. Yeah, that's it, it. Was great advice. We we always call each other out every time. Oh, we're you using always wall call words. each other out. I mean, we actually we always call each other. out. <laughs> we always do. I don't know. Uh, you're, you're building a wall there. We go. We we say. Well, no, we're we're building a wall together. <laughs> no, but we say. Oh, you're using a wall word right now. When that's we say funny. always or never. Yeah, that's so funny. It's it's pretty good. It makes you think. It's, yeah, a, it's definitely. a good way to 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 live your life in that regards. But uh, I'm gonna go. You know, keeping with the Kentucky theme, like always. I'm a fan. The timeline did not pass the vibe check last night. It was pretty pretty gross. Like vibe just how was, vibe check epically failed. It was how divided we were in like a twenty point win, twenty one point win. But I know it's frustrating when you see a player who's battled injuries in the season and Ty Ty Washington. It's frustrating to see him lose. But I promise you, not every contact play is is you know like intentional. That that he was diving for the ball. And it was just a weird angle where he was diving head first and body first. Like it wasn't like it, it was just weird. But they both touched the ball at the same time. Ty Ty's dad even said that it was it, it was not a dirty play. So it's not like he dove into his knee on purpose or his leg or whatever it was. But the fact that like everyone was so divided on it really just kind of you know like made me not happy in a in a twenty one point win against. My one of my least favorite teams of all time in Florida because True. I grew up a Kentucky fan of Florida. Like Very I hate it. Like and, and like I had no reason to hate Florida yesterday. They were nowhere near as good as Kentucky. We we won by twenty one even without Ty Ty late in the game. So it's like just 
people were just uh, the, the fan base was so annoying. Did not pass the vibe check, like I said. But it was it should have been a loose ball foul. It wasn't called. Whatever, like not a huge deal. But like again, not it was incidental contact and it wasn't intentional. So some people need to chill out before we call for other kids' heads because they are kids and mistakes are made. And that wasn't that wasn't anywhere near the David Collins Clemson. You know, Wendell Moore, dude. We didn't talk about that. That was wild. Yeah, and and even worse was his apology after he's like, "I just ran out of like, I didn't have any control. I couldn't stop." Like, buddy, you were (laughs) so able to stop, and you could have easily just ran to the right and avoided all the contact. But you you intentionally just took him. It was a moment of frustration, and that happens. But you got to watch out for player safety. So yeah, like. It, it was nowhere near like everyone was treating the the tie tie injury like it was that that collision and it wasn't anywhere near that like it wasn't it wasn't dirty at all uh this might you know some people might be mad at me saying this but like i promise you that's not a dirty play you we yeah. i've seen dirty plays that's not a dirty so play. I, it wasn't I, even like an intentional foul like it was like it is bad um, I, what do you think I, I tweeted this uh right after it happened or actually not right after it, it was in response to someone saying it was dirty. And I said, a dangerous play doesn't equal a dirty play. You can exactly. be you can be entirely reckless without having ill intent. And that's, I think, the main thing that switches a dangerous play that gets someone hurt to a dirty play is the like intent behind it. Like yeah. doing something where yeah. you have the like you have the time to think about it and actively do something that's gonna hurt something, that's dirty. In this case, David dude, Collins and Exactly. Dude got the ball, yeah. like, knocked out of his hands. He was off balance, and he was trying to recover the ball that had just gotten, yeah. like, knocked out. And so he, I mean, like, like yes, it was reckless. Clearly it was reckless because it ended up with someone getting hurt. But the there seemed to be no ill intent behind it. And no. especially, I think that's actually a good call for just in general, if you're not just when it comes to dirty plays, but you can comment on something, but – Acting like that you know the intent or what was in the person's mind when they did something is almost always going to be speculation at best. And if not, it is a way to get yourself in trouble yeah. of like saying some things you probably look back on yep. later and wish that you had not said. So, yeah, no, I I mean, I hate that it happened, but it didn't seem dirty in the moment. It didn't seem dirty like looking back on it. So, yeah. Absolutely. And like you could tell the difference, like you said, he, he lost it off balance, saw the ball. They were kind of pulling close a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. So it's like trying to make a play probably just like in the moment. It's like, I need to get this. Yeah. And it was just a kind of a reckless play, but it wasn't intentional. Like you said, David Collins, on the other hand, Clemson versus Duke. Duke got the ball stripped, like kind of flopped, like didn't know if it was a foul or not. It was hard to tell from the broadcast angle. But he probably felt like he was fouled and they didn't call it and Wendell Moore just took it down and went to dunk it and he like he had like two, three seconds to make that decision. That man ran like sixty took. that man ran like sixty feet and was like the entire time you could tell all he was wanting to do. There was, was no, all gas, no breaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was ready he was ready to hurt somebody <laughs> and you could tell him that. And his apology was ridiculous. Whatever he put on Instagram was like there was no intent. What what's even worse is that how Duke responded. Like you could tell that was intentional and Duke didn't do anything, which is also like a sign of maturity, but also like, 
buddy, you got to have your team's back. Yeah. Like, Lance Ware almost got into a fight, and and Zan Payne just came up like Dukes, <laughs> like ready to you know drop some hammers there. So, uh, which was, I love that Lance Ware play too because that was ridiculous as well. But yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So, all right, let's close this out. It's been a fun episode. I'm really looking forward to the Super Bowl tonight. We already gave our predictions, but should be fun. In the meantime, go ahead and like, subscribe, follow wherever you listen to your podcast. If you could leave a rating, please do that. Please leave a review. This helps us go a long way. This helps us reach new listeners. Um, and we just love hearing what you guys have to offer. If you think that we need more segments, if you think if you have any suggestions for the podcast, we are absolutely 100% open to that stuff too because we want you guys to enjoy listening. And then, uh, like always, on Tuesday, we will do a Bourbon Basketball Nation, which is a Kentucky exclusive post game show. We're going to try and get some other post game shows for maybe some Texas Tech. We're working on that. We're working on Wake Forest, Texas, or Wake Forest uh, post game episodes. So there should be some fun stuff in that. But go ahead and listen for if you're a Kentucky fan, and if you, even if you're not, but preferably Kentucky fans, obviously, who care about this stuff, go ahead and listen. Let's hope we uh, go into that episode in a good mood with a win on the road, which is kind of rare in the Calipari area now, unfortunately. But uh, let's go into Thompson Bowling Arena and get that dub. And, yeah, so any social media shout-outs you want to you wanna go ahead and throw our way down? Um. I think just the only one I really have, other than mine, at do underscore well Harmon, uh, you can go follow me there. I think, honestly, just shouting out the um, – I want – shoot. This is – I feel dumb now. What Tortillas and takes? Tortillas and, and takes. Torti- okay. Tortillas and takes. I, that, and also, they're on home field, by the way. And you could, you could use uh, – I think the – it's the promo code is takes. Um but yeah, I think it's takes, and you could get like a ten percent discount off, uh, discount off uh, Texas Tech gear if you're interested in that. By the way, to our Texas Tech listeners, so yeah, so go ahead and do that. Homefield great shirts, quality products, definitely. Uh, no, yeah, shout out Dylan for for coming on Tortillas and Takes, um, great pod. Our second uh, Red Raider pod, so we are now expanding our our fandom yeah. of, of Texas Tech <laughs> even even more. So yeah, uh, so yeah, huge week for tech by the way. So it's like should be fun. Hope to, hope they go two and zero in the week. Going to be watching those games. Can't wait. Definitely. Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Connor J Caldwell, C O N N E R. Uh, if I don't follow back immediately, I'm on like a little like Twitter hiatus indefinitely. Like you know, whenever I feel like, just kind of got tired of going back and forth, spending too much time on it. So. Uh, I'll still be posting stuff on Beers and Buckets Twitter, but you know, Dow can also be interactive there as well. But yeah, you can follow me there. Uh, Sideline Sports, I'm gonna shout them out. You can follow Sideline Sports and Sideline Sports Kentucky and SSN Sports for any articles I put. I think I'm gonna put a new a new one out this week, uh, kind of recapping the Tennessee game and seeing how Kentucky's fared on the road in Thompson Bowling Arena, uh, you know, in the last 10 years or so, but yeah. And because it's a Red Raiders podcast, dude, we got to close out this podcast with a big old Wreckham tech, right? Go Red Raiders, Wreckham tech and, uh, go beat the bears and Longhorns this week. And yeah, you guys have a great week and we will catch you next week. And also go Deeks. Yeah, always go Beaks, always go Cats, but Reckon Tech.